This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Keep rolling with the heat here as we've been talking a lot today. It is Shaq Day down at the arena tonight. Shaquille O'Neal is going to have his number 32 raised to the rafters with Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardaway at halftime. And what's great is it's going to be on Fox Sports Sun tonight. 7.30, pregame starts, but you guys will have the full coverage of the ceremony, which is great, because I know I know when Dwayne returned, the national TV, uh, they kind of dropped the ball on that one. So if you weren't in the building for Dwayne, which I was, and it was awesome, you didn't get that full feel. So it's great that you do have the local connection here today, and you'll be able to, uh, you'll be able to get the full coverage of Shaq's retirement ceremony, his speech, the, uh, the whole... Visual of it going up to the rafters. So we'll go out to the Iran downstairs convenience store's guest line. They are truly steps beyond convenient. There we'll find Heat Great, Heat Voice, Eric Reed joining us on the guest line. Eric, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. It's going to be a going to be a very joyful night, and I think uh, we're going to get a good basketball game as well in this homestand. In your mind, Eric, you, you've seen all of Heat basketball. What is, what is what is in your mind Shaq's uh, place and legacy in the in the in the hierarchy of Heat history? Well, I think he's going to take his rightful place tonight, Tobin. I really do. He's he's one of the, you know, for, for generations to come, you know, Heat fans will be able to look to the rafters and remember some of the biggest names that have passed through here. And you look down the other end of those championship banners and you're going to recall the biggest games you've ever watched this franchise play. So, you know, when Shaq came in July of 2004, we, we were a team that was driven by winning the championship but was never able to get over that hump. And, you know, not only did Shaq give you a proven championship center, uh, he, he's the first guy that made the Heat, you know, not just a, a local team and more than a national team. We became a team that had global reach to fans all around the world. The Shaq was, was that big in both, uh, you know, stature and, and style, and, and, and people all over the world knew him, and he instantly made the Heat a championship contender. Listen, in 2005, a lot of people forget that team that lost in Game 7 to the Pistons in the conference finals. What, what, what people really forget was Dwayne Wade at the end of Game 5. I, I remember calling it a high point and a low point at the same point because he hit a shot to put the Heat up by 20 in Game 5 uh, to go up 3-1 in that series, or 3-2 in that series, uh, 3-2 in that series. Uh, but that's when Wade got hurt, and he didn't play at Detroit in Game 6. He tried to play and couldn't go in Game 7. I, I, I think we all believe if Wade was healthy, Miami would have went to the final Shaq's first year. They, they obviously did go in the second year, and uh, you know what? I'll never forget the way Shaq started that run with a 30-point, 20-rebound opener in the playoffs against Chicago. and uh, Actually, I think at 27-16, and 16, he ended it with a 30-20 in Game 6 in that first-round series. And while he didn't take center stage in the finals. He did have four straight double-figure rebound games in, in that 06 series, and, and obviously was a key part. And listen, 
he was here three and a half years. Three times he was an all-star, and, and the first two years he was here, um, he was first-team All-NBA. So he gave the Heat something they had never had before, and I think he belongs right alongside Hardaway and Alonzo Mourning. And, and to be honest with you, one of the most lasting memories for me was that Shaquille O'Neal not only shared the spotlight with Dwayne Wade, but he shared the locker room with Alonzo Mourning. And, and that was always very meaningful to me. These guys were arch rivals through their collegiate days. You know, Shaq at LSU and Zoe at Georgetown. Uh, they were 1-2 in their draft. And, and to me, I'm not comparing them to Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain, but they embodied that for me. They were so different in their style of play, uh, their personalities. Uh, they, they were both great in polar opposite ways. And to have them as teammates for, for three of those years, and especially in that 2006 championship team, uh, made it even more special. Eric, a lot's been made about, obviously, a couple things that Shaq said on his way out of here when he left the Miami Heat, and there was always uh, kind of a focus on that Shaq, uh, Pat Riley relationship. Um, but the bottom line is, I think we've come to find out that, you know, when you're working together, you don't have to be best friends, but you can still have the utmost of respect for each other. Well, I don't think, I think that's true. And I think that in most situations, uh, you know, specifically in pro sports, but also in life, you know, sometimes partings are painful and, 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 and leave, you know, a, a bad taste for the moment. But I think when it comes to professional sports organizations, you know, my advice to other teams, when we go to Toronto and they talk about Chris Bosh and Vince Carter or, or you know, or, or now say in Miami with, with, with Wade and LeBron, just because a player leaves and breaks your heart when they do, you cannot forget what they left behind and what they did while they were there. So, you know, because doing that would disrespect your own history and your own franchise. So I think you let go in time of the pain of their departure or the hurt feelings at that time. That should fade. And what should endure is the great memories of when they were there. And, you know, the fun we all had from the moment Shaquille O'Neal arrived in Miami in July of 2014 on that big, on that big diesel-powered truck promising a championship and now three championships since 2006. It's you know, I, I think we, we take it a little bit for granted. It was so good for, for a 10, 11-year period. You know, we're now one of six franchises in NBA history that have at least three championships. That, that automatically makes Miami, you know, gives, gives the source for the pride and, and I think classifies the Heat as an elite NBA franchise. And, and I don't want to say it began with Shaq because it didn't. I think it began when, when Pat Riley was hired by Mickey Harris. It really began when Mickey Harrison took control of the team, then got a heightened when he brought Pat Riley in, and then all of a sudden, Zoe. Hardaway, Mashburn, P.J. Brown, those great teams of the late 90s that tried to crash through but couldn't make it past Chicago. And then finally, 06, you know, the, a championship-seeking franchise became a championship-contending franchise. And, you know, it's really been a remarkable journey. And, you know, for, for myself and for so many members of, of Heat Nation and fans that have watched from, from all ages and from all distances, we're 29 years old. And the history has become much richer. The tradition has been filled with championships and winning. And I think that's, that's a good thing, obviously, and, and helps you be balanced when you go through a difficult season like the one the Heat are currently fighting their way through. Uh, you take the good with the bad, but we've had some very, very – we've had great players, great coaches, and championship teams, and I, I don't think that's, that's done, but it's certainly in our past, and, and we're all going to re recall some of that tonight.
Eric, I want to ask you a little bit about this year. Um, because I've never seen a team go through like the health issues that they've had. And it's so important that they get everybody playing so they know what they have, what they need to do to improve, but they just can't do it. Has this been a season? I mean, have you ever seen a season like this where, I mean, have they had all guys dressed all year? Uh, you know, I don't think they have. I don't think they have. Not and, one game. And, and if you look at the core Leroy of, you know, a lot of what this season is about, and I think if healthy, and, and how many teams go through totally healthy, but I think if relatively healthy, and, and I hope there's still an opportunity for this because there's a lot of season left, you know, as, as poor as it, as it is right now, 11 games under 500, they're only five games out of a playoff spot in the East, and, and that field – uh, it's not going to wait forever, but it is waiting for you to get hot and to jump into this race, so it's still possible. But it's been frustrating because, listen, you want to make the playoffs, but a lot of what this season is about is, is finding out who's a keeper and who's not. And, and in, in Tyler Johnson and Justice Winslow and Josh Richardson, you've got three young players that you want the opportunity to, to play together, to grow and see where they get from the start of this season to the end. And we've had precious little time. I think tonight will be the fourth game that Winslow and Richardson start together. Um, but there's been precious little time on the floor with, with a lineup of Dragic, Winslow, Richardson, um, and Whiteside together. So I, I hope we get to it. Um, you know, Miami's lost so many close games, and losing at home uh, really hurts your spirit and hurts your momentum. But there's still plenty of time left in this season, and I think that the one positive you take out, listen, Dragic and Whiteside are playing like all-stars right now. Um, that's one positive. And I think the second thing is, other than maybe the game at Detroit and the game at Cleveland, this team has battled and fought and, and competed every single night. And, and when, listen, everybody wants to win, but when it comes down to it, you want, you want to see a maximum effort. That's the minimum you want to see is a maximum effort. Talking to Eric Reed, joining us on the Around the Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line. Eric, um, Hassan has been fascinating, and it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a cool moment today that he's going to be getting to perform in front of a guy like Shaq. I know a guy that he admired, but the season is so much about his development. And we've seen the lows of it, which was probably Cleveland, and we've seen some really high moments as well. But aside from putting up huge numbers, uh, what what can be the next step for him this year? Do you think it's a thing of leadership? Do you think it's getting more of his teammates involved? As you watch him from night in and night out, what do you think can be the big jump for him next? Just the consistency in his everyday approach. And, And that's not just what we see when the lights are on. That's at film sessions. That's showing up, you know, early and staying late at practice. You know, when, when you are a franchise player, when, you know, that's why the Heat, when they had Alonzo Mourning playing, I always felt was in such great shape because everybody in that locker room looks at the best player. And Leroy will tell you this, how they practice, what their work habits are like, how much attention to detail are they paying. And, and people follow that lead. So on teams in any sport, when your best player is not a great guy and not a great leader, by example, that team is, is, is not going to head in a good direction. Uh, so that's the position, whether he likes it or not, he's in. His teammates are looking at everything he does and, and taking cues from it. Now, you know, they're, 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 listen, when you lose players like Dwayne Wade and Bosch and even – Veterans like Joe Johnson and Lou Aldang, there is a natural 
void of leadership that was created. It's, it's being filled slowly. But, you know, what I, what I think people need to still be a little bit patient on with Hassan. It was a very unique journey to get to where he is. And for most of his life, I mean, he went to five different high schools. He was only at Marshall for one year. It was a vagabond first four years in the, you know, two years in, in dysfunctional Sacramento and then two years overseas and then the D-League and, and, and nobody would even invite him to training camp. So it's always been about trying to get here. Well, now he is here and he's established that. And I think, you know, over the last year and a half, he's, and especially this year, he got paid, he got security, but now he's understanding it's not just about him making it here, it's about him winning and, and leading a team to, to, to be a championship contender and wins on a nightly basis. So it's a whole different world, but I've been encouraged because, I, you know, I think, I think what I found out about Hassan this year is that winning means a lot to him. And, you know, I look at him and Goran Dragic, and I see two guys that I know firsthand are troubled and bothered on a nightly basis when this team loses. So I wasn't put off by, you know, Whiteside's quotes after the last game uh, that he wanted to do more. Listen, what's Eric Spolster been saying night after night about Hassan? Uh, if you haven't heard it yet, this is what he's saying. When a great player puts up great numbers and his team doesn't win – you know what that great player needs to do? More. So that's what Spoke keeps saying. So now Whiteside, who had a, 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 you know, another dominating night, you know, he gets just five field goal attempts through the last 17 minutes of that game, the fourth quarter and the two overtimes. So uh, I don't have a problem with a player saying, I want more responsibility. I want to do more. So I think his heart is in the right place. I know his talent level's in the right place, guys. This, this is one of the un more unique players that I have looked at in my 29 years uh, with the Miami Heat. A skill set that, uh, you know, is among the best players you've ever seen in terms of big guys. It, his, his natural ability to rebound and block shots jumped out at us all first over the last couple of years. And now I think people are starting to understand uh, that he can be a dominant offensive player as well. He's still a pretty young guy. He's gaining a lot by the experience he's going through this year. And I think, you know, I pretty much think that we can all feel like there's a piece that we know we can count on and build a, a contending team around. Eric, before we let you get out of here, back to the uh, the Shaq ceremony tonight, which you guys will carry on Fox Sports Sun. Uh, what kind of uh, emotions do you think we see out of Shaq tonight? Do we see do we see tears? Do we see he's not crying? Is, is he going to yuck it up? What, 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 what do you think we see from Shaq tonight at halftime? I think Shaq's going to. I don't know, but I think he's going to speak from his heart. I already like what I've heard from him in terms of, you know how he's sort of looking back. You know, your, your, your feelings change once the ball stops bouncing. And, and, you know, people still pay attention to Shaq, but for a lot of guys, you know, the attention wanes and, and you appreciate even more what it was you just went through. So, listen, you, somebody hoist your number and your jersey up to the rafters. That's got to touch you. And I love what Shaq said about Udonis Haslam and, and how much Haslam means to him and, and how what Shaq says Haslam means to this organization. I think there'll be emotions. I think uh, you know, Shaq's going to let you inside his heart a little bit. And we're going to find out what his three and a half years means to him now that he spent here in Miami. So I think it's great. Uh, you know, when you think about our franchise, guys, in 29 years, we've had some of the biggest names in the history of the game pass through here. Shaquille O'Neal, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, five finals teams, three championship teams. 
it's, it's a tradition of winning and a, and a history of champions that uh, we're going to get a chance to relive and celebrate tonight. Catch them tonight. Uh, Eric Reed, Tony Fiorentino, the entire crew tonight. Fox Sports Sun. Coverage starts at 7.30. You guys can check it out. They'll have the entire ceremony for you at halftime. Eric, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Looking thanks, forward Eric. to tonight. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.